Welcome to another edition of Mormon Land. I'm Managing Editor Dave Noyce. I'm here again with our senior religion reporter, Peggy Fletcher-Stack. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Dave. Well, we've all been reading about Matt Easton lately, who's made headlines around the world after stating during his recent valedictory speech at BYU that he is, quote, proud to be a gay son of God. The LDS Church and its flagship school aren't the easiest places to be an LGBTQ member and or student. Belonging to those institutions can be especially challenging for transgender individuals. Our guest today, Andy Winder, knows that firsthand. He started undergoing hormone replacement therapy during her so his sophomore year and lived, worked, and studied in near constant fear that he would be expelled. He made it to graduation, but the path to diploma didn't come without bumps and bruises and some, some twists and turns. Andy, welcome. Hi, it's an honor to be here. Great. Glad to have you here. But before we talk about your own situation and your own journey, let me ask you, did you or do you know Matt? I didn't know him personally, but I think we have some mutual friends. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the LGBT community, possibly? Yeah, in like the LGBT BYU community. <laughs> okay. And what did you think about his coming out speech? I really enjoyed it, and I was like, I was really impressed that... Um, he was able to talk about those things um, in a BYU speech. That's something that um, I think is really helpful for both like current LGBT BYU students and also something that I like wouldn't have imagined happening when I was a freshman at BYU. So it's amazing to see how much things are progressing um, as far as LGBT issues at BYU go. I was especially like, um, during this speech, I was especially I'm touched by how much applause there was at the beginning when he mentioned, um, he was talking about different students, like students um, who are single or students with mental health issues. And I was really touched and actually teared up a little bit by how much applause there was when he mentioned LGBTQ students. If, if that, yeah. So the reaction from the yeah. audience you took is very encouraging. And yeah, I really believe his speech was approved beforehand. I'm so, yeah, administrators weren't surprised. It. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. which I guess would also be a good sign in your defense. So, so do you think mm -hmm. moments like that help the cause of LGBTQ students, and how? Yeah, I think, I think it's definitely a positive step in the right direction. I think that um, the fact that LGBT BYU students are increasingly able to be open about not only their identity, but that they're proud of who they are and comfortable with their identity, and it's not something that's... Um, shameful to them. I think that the more that uh, queer BYU students are able to show both like their identity and the happiness and joy that that brings to them is, is a very good thing. So tell us about your own journey and how you came to mm. accept your uh, sexual identity. Yeah, so it was definitely a, a pretty long journey. Um, so I'd kind of known or not known, I guess, but I kind of felt that I identified as male from a pretty young age. Um, when I was a kid, my parents um, like remembered that I asked them when I was a toddler to call them by a masculine name, uh, Bob. Um, and from like even from a very young age, I remember like seeing myself as as male, but especially during puberty, as like and like adolescence as like the gap between how I saw myself and my body became more and more different. Different. There was a lot of, um, I remember feeling a lot of, like a lot more disconnect between, you know, how I felt inside and how my body was. Um, 
I didn't know what being transgender meant until I was a high school student. Um, my, my junior year of high school is when I started realizing, as I'd heard more and more about um, transgender things in the media and that started to get a little more awareness, um, I started realizing that I connected with a lot of the experiences that I'd heard about transgender people and I started wondering if that was what I was going through. Um, and I remember realizing that it was also something that probably wasn't going to go away. And that brought me a lot of, um, I remember like specifically like the day that I like started like, like in particular my junior year when I started realizing that I might be transgender, I felt a lot of, um, a little bit of relief at first because I had like had a name for it, but then a lot of shame and guilt as well because um, I grew up in a pretty conservative area um, at my high school, in, or not my high school, it, at my charter school where I went to in particular, there was one teacher who gave like this hour long speech on how like gay and lesbian people would be like the downfall of society, just like the Greek and Romans. <laughs> and it was interesting because one student like raised his hand and he's like, what's a lesbian? And I, I don't know, like that. So I, I grew up in an area where um, be, being transgender, first of all, it wasn't really talked about, but the LGBT stuff um, in general was pretty, pretty shameful. Mm -hmm. And it, at that time, did you tell your family, your parents? I didn't tell my parents until my freshman year in college. Okay, mm -hmm. and I presume they are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Yeah, they're, they're both, um, they're both born, in, born and raised in the church. What about siblings? Yeah, I have four younger sisters, and I think they're all still in the church. They're they're pretty young. They're mm -hmm. my youngest sister is four, so they're, and my oldest is like just barely graduating high school this year. So they, they they're still pretty, pretty young to be. But do, you about. didn't did you talk to any of them during mm -hmm. this process or no? I didn't talk to them until after I told my parents. And how did your parents respond? Respond. Mm -hmm. They, it took a while for them to understand what I was going through. From the start, um, when I came out to them, they were always compassionate about it. But I think for a while they viewed it as something that I should be trying to overcome or maybe go to therapy to talk about. And Which was interesting because like, they told me that maybe I should go to counseling. I'm like, I already am going to counseling. And he told me I should come out to you and you know maybe try to come to terms with these feelings. Um, but after a while, as like, especially after I started transitioning and taking hormones and they saw how happy and how much healthier I was and how I was starting to make, you know, closer friendships and my grades were improving, um, they've come a long way and they're a lot, they're, they're very, I'm, I'm really grateful about how, how open-minded they've been to like coming to terms and like accepting um, my, my identity. Do you think they were surprised? I mean, you said you've sort of always felt this, mm -hmm. so it, it might not have really surprised them. Were they surprised or not? Um, so it was kind of, because I've asked my mom about this, if she'd like noticed anything from a young age. And she said that she thought that maybe I was on the LGBT spectrum somewhere, mm. but she hadn't thought a lot about transgender things just because in general, it wasn't something that she was familiar with. So mm. here you are in a Mormon family, mm -hmm. in a pretty conservative community, 
knowing this about yourself and still you choose Brigham Young University. Yeah. What, <laughs> what made you do that? Why, why did you want to go there? It was a difficult choice um, just because my senior year I was already aware that I, I had gender dysphoria and I knew that it would kind of be a difficult thing. Um, partially it was because my, my gender identity is something that's like a, a strong part of who I am, but my spirituality is also a strong part of myself and it's something that is important to me. And I thought that I had a feeling that somehow at BYU it would be a some sort of important spiritual experience for me. I just didn't, I, I knew it wasn't going to be easy, if that makes sense, but I, I felt like it would still be meaningful. So what quote unquote rules mm -hmm. does BYU have for transgender students? That's the thing is they don't have any rules. They have um, rules for same-sex relationships, but there's nothing about transgender students, which is also, it's kind of a vague, because there's no rules in the honor code, but it's also something that, um, I'm trying to think of the right words. It's sort of like the church policy, how there's very limited guidelines for transgender students or transgender members. So a lot of it is relying on kind of local leadership on what they say. If that so, makes sense. so, and you're a writer, Andy. You've yeah. written about this mm -hmm. uh, for Huffington Post and some other mm -hmm. things, uh, other places and publications. Um, you, you even talked about it. In some ways, it was easier to just be like gay, same-sex attracted, or something at BYU because the rules and the rules essentially mm -hmm. are there. What that certainly you can be gay, but you can't act on it, which is essentially the church rule, right? Mm -hmm. With transgender students, it's a lot more about whether or not your bishop feels comfortable giving you an ecclesiastical endorsement so you can continue going there. And it varies from student to student. When you started getting uh, hormone replacement therapy mm -hmm. in your sophomore year, mm -hmm. under the rules, that's not really spelled out in the rules then, right? It's the, not spelled out, but it's also something I wasn't open about when I was a student. I was okay. open about socially transitioning, but I, I never see. told my bishop or any administration that I was taking hormones because mm -hmm. I was worried about my academic standing. Right. Mm -hmm. So what about housing? Where did you live at BYU? So I lived in women's housing um, for all, all three and a half of my years there. And that was a mixed experience, definitely. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the rules for, um, for transgender students is, or not the, the housing rules in particular, that you have to be with your biological sex. So... Um, I was with women's housing, and it was, I, in, I really appreciated the connections that I was able to make with my roommates, but it was something that I found very difficult, just because by living in women's housing, I was automatically outed to everyone in my ward and everyone in the apartment complex, and pretty much any new person that I met, they already knew from the start that I was transgender, which I didn't appreciate because I feel like coming out to someone is something that should be pers a personal choice and never something that is forced, if that makes sense. How did they know? Because I lived with women, I guess. Did, but yeah. did you talk about that with them? Um, with Oh, you had already started taking the hormones. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Because like, when I like move in, they would be like, are you in the wrong apartment? Like, Why are you moving in here? 
I would have ah. to explain it to them, and they would be like, Because oh, your body was al already starting to change. Mm -hmm. So you were an RA even for a while, right? Yeah, I was an RA my sophomore mm -hmm. year. Yeah, and how did that go? That was actually one of the most... It was one of the most meaningful experiences at BYU and something that, like, I feel like was a defining point and a really positive thing, but also incredibly difficult just because it was women's housing and at that point during the latter half I had started taking hormones but I wasn't able to be out until I left that position just because my supervisor and I felt like it would be the best thing for my residents if I waited which I understood for the most part. Mm -hmm. So did you ever ask to live with at, at in men's dorms or whatever situation and what were the answers that they gave you and why couldn't you? Yeah, I had asked my supervisor before if I could be transferred to be a male RA the next year, and she was definitely not on board with that. And I, I'm sure that even if she'd asked her supervisor, that wouldn't have been allowed. Just because, like, the reason that she gave is it would be dangerous for me, which I, I have mixed feelings about, because I do understand where her concern was coming from. But I don't know. I felt like it was kind of also an excuse in some ways, you know? You said, you wrote before that that's mm -hmm. something you heard a lot. Yeah. It's for your safety. Like, yeah. in what other instances did you hear that kind of explanation mm -hmm. given? So the head of BYU Housing I actually had a connection with after I left as an RA. And I talked with her before about how I would prefer to live in men's housing even after I was, I'd left the RA position. Like, if I could have maybe male roommates that were other LGBT students and that I knew would be comfortable with living with me as a roommate and the same answer was that it wouldn't be safe for me to live in men's housing and I I also heard that like in in general like talking with like relatives and friends that they felt like I probably would be better off in women's housing for mm -hmm. my own personal safety but it also felt like that was I don't know I felt like they had valid concerns but it was also a cover for that, you know, that other, other things. You said that you kind of lived in a fear of losing mm -hmm. your academic standing, the, and be, being in violation of the school's honor code, mm -hmm. even the honor code was fairly nebulous about what yeah. you were going through. Um, uh, so in what other ways do you think mm -hmm. it, it, you felt threatened by that, mm -hmm. by the honor code? I think I felt threatened just because it was so uncertain. Like I didn't know if even coming out as trans and starting to transition just like socially like going by a male name and you know using male pronouns if that would put me at risk because there were no guidelines um especially because every trans student's experience is so different at BYU like I've met students who had no run-ins with the honor code and you know everything went fine but I've also I have known a couple of trans students who have gotten you know called to the honor code office and had to like petition to stay at BYU because of, um, I think the one that I'm thinking of in particular, she got called out for um, dress code violations because she was wearing women's clothing, which is, you know, what she identified as. And she had to go through the process and mm. kind of defend her transcript and everything to stay at BYU her senior year. Hmm. So I think I, I just didn't know what would happen with my experience. So trans students are sort of at the mercy, you say, about mm -hmm. the ecclesiastical endorsement in some respects. Yeah. How were your local leaders? You said that you mm -hmm. didn't really tell them you were undergoing the, 
the hormone mm-hmm. replacement therapy, but your bishop, mm-hmm. I assume it was your bishop, knew, um, knew you were transgender. Yeah. And signed off mm-hmm. on going to BYU. Did ever raise any questions with you or I did had, he ever? Yeah, I had a couple of different bishops and I had different experiences with each one. My favorite bishop was actually my freshman year one because I felt like, um, so that year I was going through a lot of guilt and depression about my gender identity and sort of coming to terms with it. Um, and I told my bishop about what I was going through um, just because I told him, like, I'm, I feel like I need to confess this to you. You know, I have uh, gender dysphoria and I've been talking with a counselor and I don't know what to do and I'm wondering if you have any advice. And I remember him telling me that he wasn't worried about my academic standing, but he felt that what he wanted to be was a support for me and he wanted me to feel comfortable going to him if I needed someone to talk to about the pain and anxiety I was going through and that he was open about that he had no experience with transgender people, but he wanted to learn more and understand more about what I was going through. That was probably one of the best experiences that I've had with local leadership in, in general. Did they let you go to priesthood meeting? I never tried. I just kind of went to the first, well, before it became like two hours in general, I just went to the first two hours and then left for third hour. And that was okay mm-hmm. uh, as far as You're church attendance for honor code or whatever, right? Yeah, as long as I was going to church. I think that it was an issue that nobody wanted to talk about. <laughs> so I think I, I think it was good for everyone if I just went to the first two hours. Did you find church fulfilling while you were at BYU? Yeah, for the for the most part I did. Just because, I guess it depended on the day because sometimes I would go to church and I would feel really uplifted by the messages, but sometimes it would remind me of every, of a lot of the questions that I had about, you know, church, church in general. So sometimes I would leave after sacrament or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe take a day off that week from church. So, um, Sometimes there, there's mm-hmm. a difference, well, clearly a difference between uh, LGBT, LG, lesbians and gay mm-hmm. students and trans students, and even sometimes kind of conflict. The church doesn't seem to know what to do yeah. with trans students. They're, they're not fitting into a neat category. Uh, what would you like to see them do? the church itself in or Brigham Young University? Yeah, no, that is a good question. I'm kind of torn about that because on one hand it is very, um, I guess, difficult that they don't have any guidelines, but at the other hand I worry that if there were guidelines, what would they look like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of, it's something that I've thought about a lot is like if they were to become more open about, you know, the trans students or trans members, what, what would happen? But I guess what I would want most of all is just for, you know, either BYU administration or church leadership to acknowledge that there are trans members and that there's a place for them in the church, whatever that looks like, that they're welcome to, you know, come to sacrament meeting and that they they don't have to feel like they don't belong, I guess. 
now, the, like the Mormon and Gay website, which mm-hmm. under, uh, underwent a revamp, still mm-hmm. mentions nothing about trans, uh, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So you don't get much guidance there at yeah. all. I think in the FAQ there is, there, or I haven't been on the website in a while, but I mm-hmm. think there was something that's like, it mentioned something about trans people, and it's like it was saying how right now they're open about how they, there's a lot that they still don't understand about mm. trans members, and they're still trying to, you know, think about. And I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing, but like you know, they're still open to finding revelation about that. Come to terms with yeah. That. Come to terms with yeah. That. Are, mm-hmm. oh, let me ask you, Andy, would mm-hmm. you want to hold priesthood? Yeah, that is something that I wish I. I had <laughs> because that's what yeah because that's what other a other boy or a man would do you yeah know, so yeah. and that is something that I feel like I've, I've thought about before and something that I wish I was able to take part of not necessarily because of like the authority of it but because I feel like that would be a deeply spiritual experience mm-hmm. and I have a pretty strong testimony of priesthood just because I've received blessings and I've, I've seen the powers of the priesthood but it's something that I'm not able to hold did, did you meet other trans students at BYU? Are yeah. It, yeah. What kind of numbers are we talking about? What's your it's, sense? It's hard to say because there are, I only met a few openly trans students, but yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of closeted ones. As, as it probably is the same with like the LGBT population in general at BYU. When you wrote your Huffington Post piece, did people come? Mm-hmm. And talk to you about that. Who were trans at BYU? Not trans students, and besides, like my friends at BYU that yeah. I already knew. But there were a couple of straight students that reached out to me through through email, and like talked about how they appreciated learning more about the trans community at BYU, which I appreciated that because I, I that was I wanted to by writing that piece. I did want to help trans students feel seen, and I wanted to do that both like through like reaching trans students, but also reaching the straight population at BYU, because I feel like if they know that trans students are are there, then they can be more compassionate towards them and realize that, you know, even if they're not out or they don't know any openly trans students, that they still could, they're, they're still there. It seems like you have a fair amount of um, self-confidence in who you are. Do you think that, that um, your parents or family or other supporters helped you get there I mean honestly as a as a young person writing about this in in a magazine like Huffington Post that's pretty extraordinary well I really appreciate that I I do I do feel really grateful for my parents in particular just because even though it took a long time for them not a long time but a couple years for them to understand what I was going through they never stopped like you know giving me unconditional love and I feel like that's something that not every LGBT student has, and I, I feel really sad about that just because a lot of my trans students, like, or no, trans students, trans friends I've heard, you know, I have friends who get kicked out of their homes and friends who, you know, don't feel comfortable talking with their parents anymore. I feel really lucky that my parents, you know, took the time to think, you know, like, try to figure out what I was going through and were always on my side, I guess, you know, all, however that looked like at the time. Now, you obviously had some support at, mm-hmm. at when you were at BYU from friends, and obviously you talked mm-hmm. about your family and fellow students. What about faculty? Did you, did you have support of faculty? 
Yeah, I think I'm pretty lucky because as an English major, I was in the liberal arts department. And I feel like that's the <laughs> it's best not liberal place. arts for nothing, huh? Yeah, yeah. No. that's like yeah. the best place to be a trans student, I guess. Um, I I was really lucky in that, like, I have a I have a friend who's also a trans man who is in, um, I think he's a computer science major. And he, he did have a couple of run-ins with faculty, but I never, never did. Um, every professor that I was... Um, like out too, they used my pronouns and they used my preferred name. And I feel really lucky about that too, because I imagine that's not an experience that every trans student gets in BYU or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Is your preferred pronoun he? Yeah, he, he, him. Mm-hmm. So the church recently reversed itself on the, you know, Mm-hmm. Famous LGBTQ policy, you know, yeah. of November. To, what was your impression of that? Although obviously it doesn't say much about trans, of course. Yeah. But but do you feel like that ob- was a good step, and is that a harbinger of more things, good things to come? You're hoping, or what? Where do you see that? I have a cautious optimism about it, I guess, because I, I do think it. I am very happy that they reversed it because that policy came out my freshman year of college, and it. It was something that I saw like brought a lot of pain into the LGBT community. Um, I think it's a good first step, but there's still a lot, a long ways to go. I feel like, like I feel like it's a good message, but there needs to be action behind it. You know. And where are you in your own faith journey right now? That is something I'm I'm trying to figure out because. My faith is really important to me, but it's something that has, you know, changed and adapted through my time at BYU, both, like, just, I guess, because, like, you know, I'm, I'm growing older and, like, faith changes over time, but also because it's, it's changed as an LGBT um, member. Right now, I'm kind of focusing on, I guess, more personal spirituality rather than necessarily, like, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, I guess, but I guess like I'm focusing a lot on like trying to like figure out like what my personal beliefs are and like what my relationship with God looks like because that's something that I didn't have as much freedom to explore at BYU, I, I guess, but it's something that now that I'm graduated, I am trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, do, do you, mm-hmm. there's no honor code making you go to church yeah. now. Do you go to church? I do, but I usually just go to Sacrament. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you go one hour. Yeah. Well, it's half now uh, yeah, <laughs> with, see, with the new the two hour, it's, right? It's great. I'm pretty much going the same percentage. <laughs> that's right. So mm-hmm. do you con- consider yourself a believer? Yeah, I, I do, mm-hmm. I think. I, I guess, like, I don't know that the church is true, but I have hope. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I have hope that there's something, I guess... It's it's hard because like I do have a lot of questions about the church, but I find a lot of goodness in the Bible and in the Book of Mormon, and that I find a lot of messages of you know that everyone has worth, and that you know through having a personal relationship with God, you can find you know that is a path to happiness in life. So that's I'm trying to like reconcile my feelings with my questions I have about the church, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you have any romantic relationship? I I have dated before. At the moment, I'm single. 
but I am I am you know open open to dating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you dating women? I'm 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 bisexual, so at the moment I'm I'm just dating guys or people who are biologic who are biologically assigned male. Um, I've I've thought about before whether or not I would feel comfortable dating women, and that's something that I'm still trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's tricky. It is. Yeah. It is tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, it's something I'm still trying to you figure out what my feelings really are for me with personally. A trans, another mm-hmm. trans person, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the options are a little different. Yeah. 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 So, you're 21. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have your whole life ahead of you, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, great things, uh, you know, awaiting you. Um, what's your ambitions? What do you, What do you hope to do with your life and career-wise and things like that? Just so people mm-hmm. get to know a little bit more about you. Yeah, so, um, so I just graduated college, so that's something that I am still trying to figure out. But as a writer, I believe in like the power of stories. Like I feel like through stories, I've been able to learn a lot about people whose experiences are different from mine in life, and that's something that I want to do as well. Um, I write. I guess as far as like my ambitions in life, what I want to do is sort of, you know, bring more awareness and openness to what it's like to be a transgender person and particular a transgendered person of faith. Um, and that's that's something that I'm trying to do through personal essays and also through um, fiction writing is kind of my, my passion. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Andy, thank you so much. Well, thank you. We appreciate you being with us and we wish you the best. Thank you. Okay. you as well. And Peggy Fletcher Stack, thank you. Always a pleasure. We also thank our producer, Sarah Weber, and we'll talk again next week on Mormonland. 